This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. Our scripture this morning came from the Old Testament book, Jeremiah, reading from the 8th the eighth chapter, the 18th through the 22nd verses. Mm-hmm. Allow me to lift up verse 19, which says, Behold, listen, the cry of the daughter of my people from a distant land. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not within her? Why have they provoked me with their carved images with foreign idols? Harvest is past. Summer is over, and we are not saved. In an age of gender confusion, identity conflicts, and alternative facts, it seems like there is open rebellion on the relational and institutional structures that we have always accepted as normal, terms that were once commonly accepted as standard are now being challenged because the society seems to be preoccupied with offering people the opportunity to self-identify so that they can feel more accepted and fulfilled. Mm. Words like equity and inclusion have become euphemisms for woke ideology in some circles, while terms such as law and order and freedom have become buzzwords for making America great again. Whether or not this is a good or a bad thing, I do not personally have any idea. But what I do know is that we are living in such a contentious time that even what may appear as basic and natural and common sense isn't so natural and common anymore. Mm. One would think that if we can't agree on anything else, we can at least agree on what a man is and what a woman is. Be that as it may, biblically, there does not appear to be any ambiguity. In fact, terms like man, woman, male, female, all identify individuals that are confirmed biologically, and when there is ambiguity, whether natural or intentional, the Bible uses terms such as eunuch. But in addition to commonly accepted gender identifiers, the Bible also uses terms such as father, mother, sister, brother, son, and daughter, which are relational terms, meaning they point to the type of relationship that one particular gender has with another. For example, the term father or mother means nothing unless the person has a paternal or a maternal relationship with a male or a female, whether biological or not. Mm. Sister or brother means nothing unless there is a sibling relationship with another male or female, biological or not. So why am I telling you all of this? Mm -hmm. 
I'm telling you this because if God uses these terms, then he has a reason. And I'm telling you this so you do not get distracted. The enemy of our souls is a master deceiver. And it will use anything within its power to make you focus on the things that God has not made a priority. God's priority is not whether or not you call yourself by the right name or the right pronoun, or whether you call yourself man, woman, rat, or cat, or even bat. God's priority is that you call yourself by his name. Yes, For the word says, if my people, which are called by my name, yeah. shall humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will heal their land. So today, in the context of the scripture and the way that I've set it up, I'll be speaking a message that I have titled quite simply, My People. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that I have their attention. Now, Lord, speak what thus saith and what you would have me say. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. As our society wrestles with the politically correct use of terms and pronouns to self-identify, the church's role is to help persons understand that if you belong to Christ, then you are neither male nor female, Jew or Gentile, or even bond nor free. The implication here is that irrespective of how you may feel like you want to self-identify, everyone must be saved the same way. And that is by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. And once saved, you have the same rights and privileges of salvation, being equal members of the family of God. In other words, yeah. however confused you may feel about yourself, if you call on the name of the Lord, and if you are in Christ Jesus, if you are saved by grace through faith, then you have the same privileges as everyone else in the family of God, and you are, in the words of the Lord, my people. Yeah, yeah. I can't make it any clearer. Mm -hmm. I do not pretend to understand why people struggle with what they think about themselves, whether it has gender or not. Some people struggle with self-worth. Some people struggle with whether or not they're good enough, or whether or not they're smart enough, or whether or not they're tall enough. We struggle with everything. But here's what I know. If my people, which are called by my name, meaning you wear the name of Christ, whatever your issues or your challenges may be, there is room for you in his house. Yes, For in my father's house yeah. are many mansions. Yeah. And if it were not so, I would have told you. So in an age of gender confusion, identity conflicts, and alternative facts, I had to think hard about how to preach a message from a text that appears to be adamant about a specific relational gender identity 
term. Mm. Look carefully with me again at what the text says. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah the 8th chapter and verse 18 is clear. This is what it says. My sorrow is beyond healing. My heart is faint within me. Behold, listen, the cry of the daughter of my people from a distant land. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not within her? Why have they provoked me with their carved images with foreign idols? Harvest is past. Summer is over and we are not saved. I'm broken over the brokenness of the daughter of my people. I mourn. Dismay has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has not the health of the daughter of my people been restored. Mm. Reading the text, yeah. it is clear that the prophet Jeremiah is concerned about the daughter of his people. Three times he uses the term, and as students of the word of God, we are taught to pay close attention to terms that are repeated in any given text. So it is clear that the term daughter of my people has some significance. God is using the term daughter for a reason. There is no ambiguity. There is no confusion. He's talking about the daughter of my people. But my curiosity causes me to ask the question, why did he not say the son of my people or even the sons and daughters of my people to be more inclusive? I'm not sure, but here's what I'm very sure of. The text is not about how the prophet chooses to identify his people. The text is about the lack of healing in the land that has been provoked by the idolatry of the people. In other words, the people of God have been displaced to a foreign land, to a place where Jehovah seems to be absent and they are hurting. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but are you feeling like God has left you? Well. Do you feel sometimes like in your own lives that somehow, somehow, God seems to be blessing everybody else in their own homes and in their own lands, but you have been forgotten? Well, well, perhaps there is a reason. By way of a larger context, let me set up the scene for you so that you're aware of what's really happening and why I'm urging all of us to not get distracted. The people of Judah have been taken away into Babylonian captivity. Mm -hmm. They are in a foreign land and very far away from the temple in Judah where they normally would go to worship. But as they mourn and long for the opportunity to go back to the temple to worship again, they are suffering from the things that they are seeing happening all around them. They are scared and they are especially terrified from the pressure that is coming from the society for them to conform and to worship the gods that the other people are worshiping. Brothers and sisters, here's what I'm telling you. It is easy when you are not in fellowship with God to be around other people who are getting blessed or appear to be getting blessed and you believe that they have a better, stronger, more powerful God than yours. It's easy to pull your heart away and to think that the God of my mother and my father, my grandfather, my grandmother is not the same kind of God. Ah, something is wrong. Maybe they got the right God. And so the people are, are confused and they're looking around and they're saying, wait a second, we're in a foreign land. 
We're in a place that does not look familiar. You and I know that these United States does not look like the same United States when we were kids. Something is dreadfully wrong with these United States of America. We're not quite sure, so we wonder, is there a God still in Zion? (laughs) The people of Judah are struggling, and they're confused, and they are witnessing the godly ways of the Babylonians. They're looking around and they're seeing the ungodly, godless ways of these Babylonians where where they're in a society that seems to have lost its sense and its standards. Where good means bad and bad means good. Where right is wrong and wrong is right. Where, Where something is only true if it makes you feel good. Where there is no longer male or female just email. But the prophet Isaiah tells us, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So my point is, by being so far away from their native land, Their deportation makes them realize just how much they miss their homeland and their way of life. In other words, they are just now beginning to realize that they used to be glad when they were said unto them, let us go to the house of the Lord and have their feet stand within the gates of Jerusalem. They finally realized that a day in God's court was better than a thousand And that they would rather be doorkeepers in the house of God than to dwell in the wicked tents of Babylon. They finally realize what's happening. And by being so far away from the temple, they finally now realize what it means to be far away from God. As a result of all this, the prophet Jeremiah is now deeply disturbed by the judgment which has befallen his people. And as he can hear the cries, he mourns over their shocking spiritual condition and the gross apostasy, which is a big word that means falling away, where you have now scattered. You're all gone wherever you've gone. He sees this gross apostasy and Jeremiah is disturbed. They had rejected God's principles and his practices and they had turned to the hypocritical religious practices of the pagan Babylonian slash United States nation. Integrating false gods and evil worship into the heart of their community. We know God. We know God. So why on earth are we allowing the world to tell us who he is? When we know him for ourselves, we've seen him do some things in our families. We know how we made it over when everyone thought we couldn't. For the truth of the matter is, many of you here shouldn't have even be here. You should have been dead a long time ago, but for the grace of God. So we know God. So why on earth are we going to let anyone else, let alone a government, tell us who God is? (laughs) Brothers and sisters... Jeremiah, the mouthpiece of God, is now echoing what's in the mind of God when he writes this letter. Here's what he says. Now, Jeremiah is speaking for God. And this is what Jeremiah says. My sorrow is beyond healing. What? 
My sorrow is beyond healing. My heart is faint within me. Behold, listen, the cry of the daughter of my people from a distant land. What is happening here that Jeremiah is wailing and weeping to the point where he feels as if he's about to die? That's what it means when he says, my heart is faint within me. Jeremiah is feeling like he's about to die. I don't know if you've ever experienced sor that kind of sorrow where it seems like there's just no point in going on. The kind of sorrow where you have lost interest or pleasure in everything that you can't even sleep or maybe you're sleeping too much. You got no energy and nothing has any meaning anymore. Furthermore, you have an overwhelming sense of guilt and worthlessness which makes it difficult to even think or concentrate as you try to fight off thoughts of death and suicide. Well. Beloved, what I have just described is that demon called Depression. Yeah. And that's what Jeremiah is experiencing as he worries about his people. But as Jeremiah continues as the mouthpiece of God, the question is asked, is there no God? Is there no Lord in Zion? Is her king not within her? Furthermore, God says, why? Why have these people provoked me with their carved image and their foreign idols? The root, this is the root of the matter, church. The people are hurting. You are hurting because of your idolatry. Mm. It's really just that simple. They are in the predicament they are in because they have forgotten God and they have yielded their hearts and their minds to the ways and the systems of this world. They have bought into the mess and have drunk the Kool-Aid. They've gone MAGA, meaning make another God again just like the one they did with the golden calf. They became distracted. All the trouble we are facing is because we have lost our fellowship and we have lost our worship at the temple, which is what I want to bring your attention to as we today celebrate Back to Church Sunday. Many of you have been hurting and are hurting because you're not in fellowship with us as you once were. I'm just telling the truth. And many of you are not in fellowship because you've turned away and have become distracted by the things of this world. Listen, the truth is COVID did not take many of you away. Some of you had already left well before COVID-19. All COVID-19 did was give some of you an excuse for what was already in your hearts. Brothers and sisters, a lot of people who were once coming to church, and I'm just not talking about Allen Temple Church, I'm talking about the church universal, were once coming either because of tradition, guilt, shame, habit, or some other reason except for worship. Mm. To be clear, we have not lost what it means to worship, we have just lost sight of who and what to worship. Yeah. But if many of you truly understood who God is, and what he means for the safety and the security of your soul, then worship would be an uncompromising desire not to be neglected, and we would not need to have to try and force you to come to Allen Temple to worship any more than we have to force you to breathe. Oh, make no mistake about it. We are all worshiping, just not all at the same altar. 
But like the prophet Isaiah before him, Jeremiah knew that his people were a sinful nation that was laden with iniquity, a brood of evildoers, and children of corruption. They knew this. And listen, we ain't that far. And so he lamented, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Is there no salve, no healing power, no hope at Allen Temple? Is there nothing for you and us to gain from coming to the house of the Lord that would prompt us to want to come and to be in the ministry with the Lord? Is something missing? What is it that has pulled us all so far away from where our help always came from? I'm talking to the church. There is something that God gets to his people through the ministry of his assembling of the saints. But somehow, we think we can get by because we've maybe gotten by over the past year. But who's to say what promises hold for you next year? Is there no bomb in Allen Temple? We have relied on our own strength, our own wisdom, our own intellect, and especially our own money instead of trusting in the Lord our God and holding fast to the word of his truth. I have pledged to this church that as long as I am the pastor in this pulpit, the only thing I want you to see is Jesus. I don't want your money. I don't want nothing from you. I had before I came. And I'll have when I leave, whenever God says. But the one thing I want to know is that it's not when I leave that you have a nice building, but that you have the faith that allows you to say to this mulberry tree, be thou uprooted and be cast into the sea and not doubt whether or not there is a God in Allen Temple. This is my job. So, so the falling away, COVID or NOVID has caused us to see that many of our Christian brotherhood and sisterhood have fallen prey to doctrines of demons, false teachings, and an unbelievable lack of respect for the Lord our God. We see a pagan world system being absorbed into so many parts in the Christian church with cultish practices and new age spirituality, legalistic dogma and twisted truth replacing the gospel of Jesus Christ, thereby allowing ourselves to be manipulated and deceived by the enemy of our souls. This enemy, this Satan, masquerades as an angel of light and having already infiltrated all areas of the government, has also installed itself deep within our Episcopal leadership and into the pulpits of our churches, parading itself as bishops and priests. Brothers and sisters, this is a hard message to deliver for me, but it's the truth. We don't even know who's bringing the word of God anymore. And to make matters worse, here's the part that you play. Some of us, some of you, don't even want the word of God anymore. 
my brothers and my sisters, we have become distracted. So let me make it plain. Jeremiah says, is the Lord not in Zion? Is our king not within her? Why have they provoked me with their carved images and foreign idols? Harvest is past. Summer is over. And we are not saved. We're not saved because we become distracted. We are hurting because we become distracted. We have become numb to the truth because we become distracted. And we are depressed because we have become distracted. Are you getting the message? We have become distracted. And we have become distracted by what? Here it is. By the politicization of a woman's right to choose what to do with her body. Distraction. We have become distracted by the rights of people to use whatever pronoun they want to be identified by. Distracted. We become distracted by the whims of a childish ex-president. Distracted. We become distracted with the preoccupation with liberty and freedom. Distracted. Distracted by who J.Lo is marrying next and who is divorcing who. Distracted. Distracted by who is sleeping with Kim Kardashian now and how many kids Nick Cannon has. Distracted. We're distracted by who's bisexual, transsexual, heterosexual, pansexual, gay, straight, lean, or mean. Distracted. We have become distracted by Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTok, MeTok, WeTok, AllTok. Distracted. And get this. We've even become distracted by the funeral of a dead woman named Elizabeth. Brothers and sisters, we've become distracted. We're worried about everything else. But what God is trying to tell his people, are you hearing me? Everything else is a distraction to take your mind off of the things of God. Every shiny object gets our attention. And I know I said things that probably irk people. So, I don't care. I care about your soul. I care about whether or not you believe that for every time you come into the house of the Lord, that you have a word from God for your life and for your children. Yeah. Distracted. We wonder why we can't hear from God. We're not hearing from God because our hearts and our minds have become so distracted that we fail to see our need to return to worshiping a God that is in this house. But the prophet says, I am broken over the brokenness of the daughter of my people. I began this message wondering about the prophet's use of that relational term, daughter of my people. That's where I started when I went through all of this, so I have to come back there. I wondered why the prophet did not say, son of my people, or sons or daughters of my people. And I believe I might know why. Not arrogant, I just think I might know why. The male of every species, every species, rat, cat, bat, every species is an initiator. While the female of every species is a producer. Listen to me carefully. The male of every species is an initiator.
the female of every species, is a producer. Nothing is produced unless something is initiated. So biblically, when God uses man or the male identity, check it out in scriptures, he's letting us know that he is about to do something. He's initiating something. This is why in the beginning he's called Father, because he created and initiated all things. Adam was created as the initiator, but it was not until Eve came on the scene that they could become producers. Here is the point. Daughter of my people. Here is the point. Daughter of my people. Your healing will begin when you produce what is important to God. And that is true and authentic worship. That's the point. And while you may have become accustomed to having your own little private worship at home, it's time to not forsake the assembling of the saints. God wants to purge his people of the deception and the falsehoods filling the land. But our hearts have been hardened and we cannot hear God because we are not in fellowship in his temple. I hope you're hearing me, church. I hope you're hearing me. This is why you must resist the urge to stay away in a foreign land of your apostasy and return to the temple of the Lord, to the house of God. The scriptures bear no ambiguity and there is no fellowship between light and darkness. So, if you have ears (laughs) to hear, then you are God's people and you need to return to worship in his temple for the time has now come when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for those are the kinds of worshipers that the father seeks God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit And in truth. So, as I speak prophetically, and in the spirit of the weeping prophet Jeremiah, God says to you, you have been distracted long enough, and it's time for my people to come home For there is a bomb in Gilead, and the physician is here. May the Lord richly, richly bless you, my beloved.